0: I'm so glad, Ben, that in the last podcast you taught me exactly what the family was because I went on a night out and uh, I was able to join in with a las, las las discussion because they were all just going, family. So thank you for that, mate.
1: Yeah, my shitty Vin Diesel impression. Was that really the last time we recorded? God, these... I, I
0: think it was. It's been a while, like three weeks.
1: Yeah, three, four weeks. Like, yeah, I started a, a new a job... Break. So yeah,
0: you've started a new job. Charlotte started results. a new
1: job. You had A-level results. I think I've moved house technically in this period. Yeah. I have I've... barely watched anything that's not Celebrity MasterChef or old normal <laughs> MasterChef.
0: Yeah, you say um, I've not got enough time to watch everything. Yeah, that's what you're watching. Celebrity MasterChef. Of in all, all fairness,
1: yeah, when I get back from a 12-hour shift... That's
0: 12 to 12, by the way. Yes,
1: that's like... It's not like I work normal hours. I'm on a yeah. zero hours contract. Um, like I don't want to watch anything that's actually good. I just want comfort food as I am deciding what takeaway I can make will order because I'm too tired to cook. Like,
0: right. Well, it sounds like you know you're having a living a really great and healthy. Lifestyle at the minute, Ben. You know, celebrity master chef where they're making all this nice food. Oh, I'll just get a freaking Dominoes in it. Uh, well, oh, Ben. Actually, I also start a new job. Um, I start a new job on Saturday.
1: Oh, what are you doing? Just
0: uh, I don't know if I can say on air, but it's a supermarket. Very exciting.
1: Why can't you say it on air?
0: Legal issues. Can't say the the name of the the supermarket.
1: Can you not say where you work? That is an odd rule.
0: It's it's. It was in the contract, like, briefly.
1: Oh, it's like um, there is, in Southampton, there's one housing provider that you are not allowed, that has in its contract, you're not allowed to talk to your parents about your the housing type of thing. Well,
0: that sounds legit. Are you with that house provider?
1: I'm not with that, like, letting agent, but one of the student ones also has you're not allowed to go to the press in their contract, which right, is...
0: well. That sounds nice and legit and like you're really being looked after. Uh, welcome to another edition, the first edition in like three or four weeks of the RTU Film Podcast. It is Ben and Jacob here, and oh boy, have we got a big show for you today. Um, ben, we haven't got this in the notes, but I'd quite like to talk about it later on, because I've actually gone and seen a film in the cinema for the first time in years, right? I went and saw the new Conjuring film, um, and it was... What What was that? Ugh, for ben.
1: I hated the new Conjuring film.
0: Oh, well, we can have a little debate about that later okay, on. We... Um, also coming up on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about who the new Doctor should be. Uh, also, Ted Lasso Season 2 is on Apple TV+. We've got a bit of surprise news for you. Uh, Suicide Squad, we're going to be talking about that. That's now on Netflix. And uh, Oh, shit, it's not on,
1: on Netflix. It's in cinemas. I just had a moment. No, the
0: first one is now on Netflix. Yeah, like... and,
1: yes, the first one is on Netflix. And the second but one... It's not,
0: it's not been on Netflix too long.
1: Yeah, and the second one, which is a far better film, is now in cinemas. That's not a spoiler Ooh. for my review. That's just fact. The first one is pretty terrible. I mean,
0: I really like the first one. I just have a massive crush on Paloquin. Uh, should we start right now by talking about the film, which is a bit pricey. You know, if you want to watch it on Disney+, Plus, it's one of them... Oh, you pay for Disney Plus, and you can pay more to watch this film. But I, I get why they're doing it. Uh, Jungle Cruise, which has just been released, there has been a lot of uh, a lot of hype around this one.
1: Then, yeah, well, it's um, it's based off the famous Disneyland park ride. I mean, last time Disney made a film about one of their rides, it spawned a five film franchise and made Johnny Depp iconic in the Pirates of the Caribbean films. You have Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Starring here as massive. Uh, massive.
0: <laughs> Quite literally massive and is a massive booking to get him in a film.
1: Yeah, starring as uh, the Frank Wolf, the um commander or whatever the skipper of a ship, um, who he's taken a researcher, Dr. Lily Horton, played by Emily Blunt, um, from London to the Amazon, they're going down the Amazon to try in a ramshackled but quite charming boat to try and find a stone or a tree or a rock of something that has unlimited medical healing abilities uh, in medicine I have to admit the plot is very base it's like you've seen the plot before so I'm not like I wasn't yeah. paying the details just kind of get a bit over you
0: that synopsis does seem a bit eh,
1: very basic no there's uh, they, it's like they go on a quest they go down a river they meet supernatural Again, it forces. does sound like
0: something I've seen before. sounds like, you know, that it's a little like the... Do you remember the Will and Jaden Smith? They did a film together where they, like, crash-landed. Oh, yeah, After
1: sim- Earth, the film that won all those Razzies. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I'm kind of getting similar-ish vibes.
1: Well, no, I think probably Pirates is a far more adept comparison to it. Um, right. Uh, it's, it's... Look, it's a blockbuster. It's a fun summer fantasy blockbuster. It is one of those where you throw all those elements in and Disney know exactly what they're doing. Um, It might as well have been called Blockbuster Cruise because you will go through a series of setups that you know are coming, they're predictable, but there are thrills, there are laughs, there are spills. Like, you enjoy the movie. There are the corny jokes that I enjoyed. I enjoyed taking the journey. And I think, I can't say his name, French director John Collette Serra, who's famous for doing his... uh, Liam Neeson action films, he does have some deft touches that elevate what is a very generic and formulaic Disney blockbuster, and I'm not surprised how The Rock made this film with him and then got Colette Sierra to direct the new Black Adam film, which The Rock is going. Um, You know, the first hour is really entertaining and enjoyable. The second hour is like, look, we know what's happening you know what right. the film is. And even though you know exactly what type of film it is, the plot it's, 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 is still to super To me, it just convoluted. seems like a good
0: basic film. It's been done before, but it's not necessarily bad. It's just... I saw it like on Disney+. Ranking. Plus.
1: I think I would have right. preferred to have seen it in cinemas. Like How much does
0: it cost to rent it on Disney+, Plus or get on Disney+. Plus? 20
1: quid or thirty US dollars uh, and then you Start own it. Fuck man. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's pricey. I, it is a fun film. Um, the yeah. cast were all great. Emily Blunt is brilliant. The Rock is great. They have great chemistry. Jesse Clemens is amazing. as a slightly off-hinged German World War One bad guy. Jack Whitehall <laughs> is the latest actor. Is to... Jack Whitehall in it? Jack Whitehall's in it. He's the latest
0: actor. I act... want to see him and The Rock on screen together. I reckon that would be great.
1: They are. Jack Whitehall is basically the third lead of the film. But he is the latest of the people to act in a Disney film in their first gay character who's not really gay type of right. thing you know how every couple of years you have one of those
0: in fairness i do get gay vibes off jack whitehall
1: yeah, just, yeah. like it's his act it is his act but no he's yeah. the like he has disney's arguably gayest moment yet but um like right. it's one of, but we, you know, you
0: know, we've had this debate on the on the show before you think you know a gay character should go to a gay no
1: a gay i'm guy. not it's not even this debate it's more the fact that um it is more the fact that he is clearly a gay character but there's like nothing in that it's 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 what disney did with uh, beauty and the beast that's what i mean it's their latest where the character is clearly gay but like you have to they be an don't adult spell it out yeah for they, you. Don't, they don't they're clearly gay but disney are clearly trying to make it so that they can show the film to homophobes and that, and, right, like, and like
0: what they did in Dumbledore in the second Fantastic Beasts.
1: Yes, and like what they did in Beauty and the Beasts, when the new reboot, when they were like, it's the first gay moment in a Disney film, and it was just right. two guys having eye contact. It, it's like that right. in a completely criminal, and it is. It's not. It's not acceptable. Particularly... It's not
0: necessary. Just there's no point yeah. doing it. You know, doing all these things half-heartedly.
1: Yeah and Disney like they claim it as a win for progressiveness but like you know They're doing baby steps they need to
0: do some big steps
1: Yeah they, it's not even baby steps like they try to act as all progressive but what they're doing is really behind the times like could you think of another like there was literally a scene, yeah where Jack Whitehall's character says a line like I'm being shunned just for who I love and it's like just go and say it like it's not that it would not a like it's a kind of damned if you do damned if you don't but that moment could have it's a typical disney fake out yeah hmm.
0: well said ben well said uh, yeah i think this is something that really does uh need to be addressed a bit more in depth i think and um, what have critics made of this
1: well like most people think exactly what I think. And the fact that it's fun, it is fun. The cast are good, the cast are charming. You've seen the film before, but it looks good, right. it's fun. It's would fun.
0: you would you recommend going, going to watch it, though?
1: No, because I think there's a better blockbuster in cinemas.
0: Oh, I and, uh, and, and I, I also,
1: that... also Free Guy is coming out tomorrow, and I'm very excited to watch that tomorrow morning. Or well,
0: today, in podcast terms.
1: Yes, today, in podcast terms, um... You...
0: Assuming Ben uploads this on time, which he's not always prone to do, <laughs> but Ben, this this leads us nicely onto the, the film that I'm going to guess you think is the uh, biggest and best blockbuster out right now. I'm going to go out on a limb here, Ben. This is potentially the best blockbuster of 2021 so far.
1: Oh no! Oh no! It. I really like The Quiet Place Part Two, and I really like Cruella. Um. It is certainly the. It's up there. It's certainly the most bombastic and bizarre and interesting. It's It's the most interesting blockbuster I've ever seen. And because it is so. Like. Literally. I can't describe it in words. I just did. It's bizarre. But like bizarre in a truly great way because you know how most blockbusters and superhero films and disney films are all safe and mm-hmm. cookie cutter and from a mold yeah, yeah. this just isn't in that i mean wow there's only three characters from the original like four characters from the original Su- suicide squad and one of them dies before the opening credits um like it's just it's weird um it's awesome it's really awesome
0: so we are, of course, right now talking about the new Suicide Squad film. But see, I love the first one, but the, the issue I had with the first one is that I felt there were a few too many characters for me to necessarily get attached to them all, because, it, you know, it is a squad, ultimately, and I understand that that's what the show is. But that's what I struggled with. Did you struggle with that going into the second one, that there was just too many characters you couldn't get as invested in as you would have liked?
1: So there are more characters this time around but right. but what I will say is that um, the characters are all noticeably firstly a lot of them die like a lot of them die within like a minute of being introduced or like five minutes okay. in I, I,
0: Okay, characters in the actual like you know main chunk of the film not die straight away is there more or less characters than, than, the, than the first one in the in the squad
1: so our, the central team is um Bloodsport, which is basically like Will Smith's character last time, but played by Idris Elba, who's like the Yeah, how come they
0: swap
1: that? Uh, Will Smith did a more comeback. You've got Peacemaker, who's played by John Cena, who um, those two are both basically your typical sharpshooter characters. Peacemaker's quite... I mean,
0: John Cena, do you think he's a good actor? I
1: think he's a great actor. I really do. I think he was terrible in the latest Fast and the Furious film, but I do think he's an unbelievable actor. Blockers... When he gets beer chugged up his ass is sim- is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. He's really good here as well. You've got Captain Boomerang returning. You've got Ratcatcher two, whose power is to um literally control rats, um, <laughs> which is she's got great development um, and has some genuinely amazing moments. You've got King Shark, which is just a giant shark voiced by Celeste Stallone, um King Shark. It's kind of, this film is directed by James Gunn who did the Guardians of the Galaxy films and it's more of an adult sweary Guardians film and King Shark is more of an adult sweary group. You've got Harley right. Quinn who is, she's really spends a lot of the film quite separate from the main team just doing her own thing which works. I enjoy watching her on screen um, and I really like the development of Harley Quinn that keeps going. i now because basically Jared Leto is never returning to the DCEU. Um, I really like the development of Harley Quinn being able to do it on her own and enjoy herself and be controller of her own actions. Um, And then you have got Polka Dot Man, who um, I'm convinced was only brought in to... um, because James Gunn said, what is the most Googled, what's the most ridiculous superhero? And then he gave a convincing and brilliant and beautiful arc out of a guy who literally, his superpower, is throwing polka dots. And um, they, they're they all stranded on this island. They have to overthrow a tyrannical government, which has got a giant flying starfish as its main the, weapon.
0: The vibes I'm getting is that this film doesn't play it safe.
1: No, it is batshit mental. Like, the In final way, villain... Though? The final villain is a giant starfish. And it works. (laughs) That's the weird thing. It actually... See,
0: on paper that should not work.
1: No, it shouldn't work. But the giant starfish is both ridiculous and terrifying. The action in the film is slick. The jokes land. It's what... It's what happens if someone watches Deadpool and thinks, I want to make a film more fucked up. No one is (laughs) safe. It is more Deadpool than Deadpool. It is... It's quite sexy, it blurs the line between cartoon violence and gory realism, the language is brutal, but at the same time it's really gut-wrenching at points, it's heartbreaking, it hurts you, it's gut-busting. Um, it's the best DC film since they made the Christopher Nolan era films, and I think... This that... is
0: a bold statement, Then,
1: And I... No, it's not, because lots... most of them have been shit. And I think the reason why it's the best DC... I love DC... the
0: Superman stuff, man.
1: Yeah, but lots of that stuff's older than Christopher Nolan's films. Like, I think it's it's the best DC film since The Dark Knight in 08. And I think that's because it's the first one that hasn't wanted to be The Dark Knight. I mean, it's... Batman
0: vs Superman was shit.
1: Yes, it manages to be both derivative of superhero films, but also one of the first comic book films that feels proud to be out of comic books. I just, I love it. I think it's a great film.
0: I mean, but for someone that doesn't like franchises, right, you, yeah. someone that, you know, isn't a huge superhero fan, this is a really good show for you, really a film for you, because then superheroes without being superheroes necessarily, because they are bad people.
1: Yes, they are evil. Like, they're awful. Like, Peacemaker is a brilliant character, because his whole stick is, I will kill as many people to find peace. And, like... That's just shit. Like, Peacemaker's a <laughs> shitty character, and I can't wait for the TV spin-off, which James Gunn is also helming. Um, um, like, all the characters just interesting. They do have a great amount of development. Um, Harley Quinn, once again, steals I... the show as well. Like, you know.
0: Oh, I mean, as, she, as we knew Margot Robbie would.
1: Yes. Now, in the script here, I have written that we have a surprise bit of news, because... Um, I this is mainly because I couldn't be asked to write out the news story in the notes in full, so you um, shouldn't have
0: said that Ben because I was on the edge of my seat like what is this news going to so be? So I've You've
1: got a, I've got a news that. headline that is I think okay. really juicy and I want okay. to, and I'm going to read it out and I think Jacob I want to hear your thoughts on this headline. Okay. Um okay. Disney Plus confirms Home Alone reboot release date. For the 12th of November. It's going to be called Home Alone. Home Sweet Home. It stars um, Archie Archie Yates. Who if you've seen Jojo Rabbit. He's the little boy from that. As the kind of Kevin McAllister character. Who is trying to defend his house. From a married couple. Ellie Kemper from Unbreakable. Kimmy Schmidt and Rob Delaney from Catastrophe. Who are trying to steal it. It's written by... Uh, the guy, a uh, couple of us now writers and directed by the guy who did Borats. So, bearing in mind, it's coming out in literally three months' time. Jacob, are you yeah. excited?
0: I mean, I love Home Alone. I love the first one, love the second one. Third one's a bit shit. Fourth one is my favorite one, an unpopular opinion. But, um, mate, I, I, I'm here for this. Is it? it's obviously just in time for christmas actually comes out the day after my birthday so i assume it's going to do the typical home alone christmas kind of vibe without making christmas still the show but i'm looking at the posters
1: and they are wearing christmas hats so it's clearly a christmas film
0: yeah but i feel like you could watch it not necessarily in the run-up to christmas it's not like elf which you have to watch around christmas i feel like if it's anything like the other couple uh, of home alone films you can watch any year round even though it's set at Christmas. Ben's looking at me weirdly anyway that's the boldest
1: to... statement yet like
0: uh, yeah I mean mate one of my good friends often sends me texts being like hey I'm watching Elf or I'm watching um oh, what's another Christmas film <laughs> I'm trying to think about the, the Christmas only stuff, Christmas
1: like... film I think you could potentially get away with watching not at Christmas but I still think you can only start in like six weeks away from Christmas. Is Love Actually? But I think even then, it's a stretch.
0: But mate, nevertheless, right about Home Alone, I- I'm really actually excited for this uh, reboot. Uh, is it going to be the same family or is it going to be a different family? Different family.
1: Like, yeah. And, like I'm, I'm kind of cautiously optimistic because right. it's been
0: so long since we've seen anything from the franchise so it'll be nice to see it come back it is iconic i reckon it's going to get a lot of people to download disney plus subscribe to disney plus which is going up they've, but... pa-
1: they've passed 116 million so they are noticeably wow. it's, it's it's big now um, it's big now probably um, so it's probably, it's probably nearing it was... topping out though to be fair Yeah, I didn't know Home Alone was um, at Disney. It's Fox, and they bought Fox. I mean, Ellie Kemper is really funny. I mean, she's technically now been cancelled because she won Miss KKK a few years ago. Rob Delaney was brilliant in Catastrophe. Archie Yates was so cute in um, Jojo Rabbit. So, it's done by one of the guys who did Borat. So, like, there's talented people working on here. But... A large but part of me knows it can't be...
0: what
1: yeah, and but... a large part of me is going, there's no way this is going to be like as good as the first film, and there are there's i have i know deep down there is noticeably more of a chance of this being absolutely terrible than this being watchable, so
0: do you know who I want to make a cameo? They're in the first few films the incredible duo that Kevin always used to encounter mmm.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think Joe Pesci will be coming back. He's retired from acting as well, so...
0: I'm sure he'd come back for a quick cameo in Home Alone. He had said openly that it was his favourite thing to work on because it was so fun. He
1: had an insane year because he did that and Goodfellas in the same year, which he won wow. his Oscar for, so that's just iconic. Um, anyway... Um,
0: but ben, before we move on to Ted Lasso, I, I want to ask you something if you've... Uh, it's going to go slightly off. Have you seen Kissing Booth Three? The third film in the franchise dropped on Netflix this week. Um, for some reason, uh, I, I watched the first one with a couple of mates, right? You know, we had it on. It was fine. Didn't hate it. Second one I watched that night when I got home because, you know, I was literally looking through Netflix uh, and it came up because it was really big at the time. You watched me,
1: two David. in one day.
0: Yeah, I know, mate. I'm not proud of it. And then the third one, I am halfway through right now. I've got it open in a tab. Uh, just less than halfway through. And it is absolutely gobshite. Like, I <laughs> I can't remember if I, um, like, what headspace I was in when I watched two in one bloody day. But this third one is so cringy. Like, it's quite possibly the most cringy thing I think yeah, I've I ever think watched in my life.
1: Here's the weird thing, though. Because... Look, I'm not watching it. I, I refuse. I, I'm not also I was, not in their target audience. Yeah, I all. was burned too much by the last two. And now I am a legitimate adult. Um, Like, you know, I have a job now. So I literally can't really moan about, can't get away with watching these shit anymore. But um, I realised it's going to be terrible by the fact that the first two were huge hits. And literally, I saw on Wednesday on, like... I just went, oh, shit, it's been released. i would not seen a trailer, not seen any hype about it on social media. I don't know anyone who's watched it. I just saw the Metacritic score. Our
0: good friend of the podcast, Charlotte, is watching it tonight. So. Is she? Yeah, I'd love to get her views on it in the
1: future. Oh, yeah, we can ask her next time she's on. Um, But, um, yeah, no, I just, I refuse. I honestly, it was when I saw the tagline for a review, I think it was in, like, IndieWire that it said... This film plays out more as a rap party for the cast, as an actual narrative. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I see that. I do see that. It's just shit. <laughs> Sorry if you're a massive fan. Sorry if the people. Well, the first
1: two hard. were shit as well.
0: <laughs> uh, I, d- I don't doubt that. <laughs> Surely not as shit as this this is so predictable. It, the second one was pretty predictable, but this is like you just know what's gonna happen before it happens.
1: Like, I just think this one, though, would just... You never know,
0: the last uh, two acts might surprise me, but the first act
1: of this film... Could you imagine if there's a fourth one? Is it even number one on Netflix at the moment?
0: I don't know, it might be.
1: I'll have a look, because, like, it is massive, but even the To All The Boys franchise ended in a bigger way. Like...
0: Um, ben, quickly as well, I'm contributing a lot to this week's podcast. This is where I get slacked uh, for the next episode. Ben, uh, Out to Bank season two, incredible. Um, I know that is huge uh, amongst the teen audience on Netflix. Did really well for Netflix, the first season. Second season, you know, with a lot of shows, it's got the potential to just go terrible, but it was clear to me that the writers had planned uh, the second series in advance, and uh our bank for season two big, big up to that show it was great such a great watch mm-hmm. the acting in that show incredible the writing phenomenal and uh also fun fact the two main characters i don't know the actors names but they are sarah and i've even forgotten the main guy's name because i'm terrible with names um they're actually dating in real life. Little fun fact for you there. Ben, have you seen where uh, Kissing Booth 3 is on Netflix?
1: Kissing Booth 3 is on Netflix, number one. Outer Banks is at number two. I've not yet seen Outer Banks. I've not even seen the first season, to be brutally honest.
0: Ben, you are missing out. It is a I, good know, I know, I know.
1: Considering Hot People Surfing, it actually sounds right up my alley. Um, and
0: it's really good. Like, on paper, right? Young, teenage, good looking people go and look for some treasure.
1: I oh, know young, good-looking teenage people topless is literally my favourite genre of TV. <laughs> like, never have I ever. I'm. I was. I, I like. I watched all of that in like a day. Like,
0: and I really don't know why I haven't got on um, Outer Banks. You would love it.
1: I think the reason I haven't got on it is I, was... I
0: watched it all oh, in two, three days, like two and a half days. My problem oh, was two.
1: I think I was really busy the first time it came out, and then I was really busy this time it came out. And it's just both you seasons... Need
0: to, you do need to have watched the first season.
1: Yeah, it's it's on my list. It is, but, like, it's probably something I'll never get around to. Or something I'll persuade my dad to watch because he's a surfer. And if he goes <laughs> for it... Your dad
0: would like it. Your dad would like
1: I it. I know, my dad would like anything with young, attractive people wearing very few clothes. Um,
0: and I d- it's not quite like that. I think you are making it out to be worse than it is. Like, as in, you're making it out like it's... A I
1: feel out. like I'm selling it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but it's 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 not that. The acting in it is actually incredible. Like, genuinely, mate. Really, really good stuff, I'll get round considering to this it. cast is quite young. So, yeah, go check that out. The two number one hits on Netflix in the UK at the minute Kissing Beef 3, which is shit, but Outer Banks, which is really good. Um, okay, Ben, on to speaking of season twos. Uh, Let's go over to Apple TV Plus, not on Netflix, Apple TV Plus, Ted Lasso.
1: So, Ted Lasso, my absolute favourite TV show, a TV show that I'm so obsessed with. I have the, if you've seen the show, you know Jason Sudeikis' Ted Lasso character has a huge sticker saying Believe on the locker room. And Ben is just, I I was thinking Ben. I have the the Believe thing on the back of my phone. I have Richmond AFC uh, hoodies. I'm going to get a goldfish tattooed on my shoulder because I love this show so much. Are you actually? Yeah. I'm also gonna get the word belief. Um, if you watch the show, you'll get the reference because Ted Lasso is really motivational as a central character. And
0: mate, you were a first, you were a massive fan of the first series. Does this uh, second season does it live up to your expectations? Is it as good? Tell me everything.
1: Well, here's the thing: when you watch an episode of Ted Lasso, firstly the half an hour episode, but they feel like so much more. There is so I don't much. That's heart- good or bad. No, they feel like... You
0: know, the good part of that, that it seemed longer, is there's so much in it. I, you right? don't feel short-changed
1: after watching an episode of Ted... Okay, like watching... that's
0: good, but the, the worry is, Ben, my worry is, having you said that, is it just drags a bit.
1: No, it doesn't... You, it nev- you don't feel short-changed, but you don't feel overstaffed watching the episode. Well, okay,
0: the that's show. a good balance.
1: So, the show follows is Kansas College football coach, Ted Lasso, played by Jason Sudeikis, who is iconic, both in
0: is it is it english football or american football?
1: he's an american football coach who's hired to take over in english and this is the only time i will use this word just to make the distinction soccer <laughs> uh, soccer team um to because the act because the it's chaired by a woman who won it in her divorce and wants to ruin the club to get back at her ex-husband this season we have sharon who comes in who's a new sports psychologist. Which causes an interest. She's slightly saltier and spicier. Which adds an interesting dynamic. Because Ted as a character. Is is overwhelmingly sweet. He's like so sweet. It could be annoying. But it's not. He's perfect. Um, it is still the best comedy on TV. Um, I get up extra early on Friday mornings. To watch this show. Um, it's the first. Free. Is it two or three episodes that have come out now? I can't have season two. I don't. I think it's three. Um, I wrote this. Uh, just iconic. It's got the blend of heart and humour that was so present in the first season and it comes through to the second season. That makes it so lovable. Um, it also keeps taking bold swings. The opening gag of the second season is. Well, weird. But it. Um, Like, it hits more than it misses with these bold swings. Um, That's mainly because it puts humanity first. It's beautiful in storytelling. The arcs work. You love the characters. I can see how this film show broke the record for most Emmys, a first season show has ever been nominated for. Um, I can see how all the supporting casts got through. I really like the idea of adding an actual therapist in, because Ted, like, he prides himself on being able to do a good locker room. And he's a terrible football coach. But he has a bit, the boys in the team feels like a family. And they feel like your own family. And I love the footballers. Lots of the supporting footballers like Sammy get more time. Jamie Tart's back. It has the best Love Island spin-off ever. <laughs> we see um Roy Kent what, better dealing...
0: Than, uh, better than Too Hot to Handle.
1: Uh, Yes, better than Too Hot to Candle. Uh We see Roy Kent dealing with retirement, and um, he is still saying the F word as much as possible. If you have a spare 40 seconds, go on Twitter, Google the Dr M Twitter account, and she made this 40-second montage of Roy Kent saying the F word. Uh It's honestly the greatest thing you ever watched. Hannah Waddingham is still undeniable as Rebecca, the chairwoman, who is now slowly getting over her divorce and slightly less vengeful. Juno Temple is still amazing as the WAG, who's not really the WAG. Um, and then Jason Stakers, he's just unbelievable. You love him. I love him. Like
0: Brent, you're kind of avoiding my question though. Is it as good as the first season?
1: Well, I've only had three episodes. Like so. It's, I'm not disappointed so far. I'm really, oh, I'm really like, enjoying it. Spoken
0: like a true politician. I'm
1: really, really enjoying it. Like I'm I'm actively obsessed with this show. I spent over a hundred quid on Ted Lasso merchandise. Like oh, wow. my fandom for this show could not get any more extreme. And like the yeah, reason I, mean, I don't like, want to I can compare tell that, ben. The reason I don't want to compare the seasons yet is because the first three episodes of season one were the weakest three of the entire show. And even those are like right. a masterpiece. Um the second three episodes the first three episodes of season two are better than the first three episodes of season one were, but season one hit me for at the end like the final episodes of season one are a godsend and Ted Lasso it no shows would ever live up to what it's already done. I and feel like
0: then you're preaching to me a bit about this show.
1: I preach to everyone about this show. I am beyond obsessed with this show
0: i really wish we could do visuals for the
1: podcast on oh i love it the
0: emotion, you are yeah, we, are you just having a little bit of a little bit of a moment over this
1: show i moment? i kid you not i get to like i am i have actual i'm like on mondays i'm like oh god i have to wait four more days for more ted lasso okay, so
0: how, how what days is it released like it releases every super-
1: friday Every Friday. One a week. It's
0: like it's they're doing a whole Disney Plus Mandalorian kind of release style thing.
1: Yes, they're 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 releasing it like we used to release actual TV shows when they were on actual. Which TV. I
0: I prefer I prefer it getting released weekly.
1: I prefer it as well, because the two shows I'm absolutely obsessed with at the moment are both weekly releases.
0: Yeah, and also it gives me a time to get more invested rather than yeah, just yeah.
1: it. I mean I did binge the first season of Ted Lasso. I think it, different shows work for different things. I think sitcoms quite often work in a bingeable model. Um, I think *Maverick's Town* really benefited from the once a week. I can't wait for the next season of *Succession* to do <laughs> one a week with. Anyway, oh, we could like it is an interesting debate: one a week or all at once.
0: Yeah, yeah. Listeners, please do you get in touch. Even That's when it is,
1: know. but do you do this? Even when it is all at once, I will often find myself spacing them out. No, I, right, I, I just get too find, invested.
0: especially if it ends on a cliffhanger. Oh, no, I can't. No, a I listener. will literally, wait, wait, I'd love to know, I'd love to know our listeners' take on this. I, Heath, I often
1: will do ben one Heath, a day,
0: Ben. I'm trying to give the listeners information. Okay, what, what, is, what is the email to get in touch?
1: Uh, benheath101 at gmail.com. Yeah, or you can get in touch
0: with us on Twitter at I'll Take You Film. Okay, Ben, carry on.
1: Yeah, no, I just. If I have a show that I want that's all out on one like one dump, I will watch it once a day. I'll watch a single episode a day for 10 days.
0: That takes a lot of willpower to do that. Like, yeah, but you, you
1: can... get really excited. It gives you something to look forward to.
0: Yeah, okay, I like that. Ben, my favourite show ever is actually back on TV at the minute, Animal Park.
1: Oh, yeah, I know that. It's a great hangover show.
0: Yeah, we spoke about this on 4. You like big... Animal Park, are you?
1: Boy, I like it when I'm very hungover.
0: <laughs> I like it when I'm in the background as I was uh, last summer. Mm. Um okay Ben shall we talk about the conjuring? Is it conjuring conjuring?
1: The conjuring free the devil made me do it. Fun so, fact
0: I am um, I was with my mate um in Dartmouth, lovely Dartmouth and we uh we got the ch- f- chain ferry over to Paynton, um and we went and watched the conjuring and I'd not watched the first two, right? I hadn't watched the first two, so I was a little bit worried. Shit, I'm like, am I not going to know what's going on? And normally with horror films anyway, I don't have a clue what's going on. But my mate just said, no, like you, you don't need to have watched the first two. He was right, I didn't, and I thoroughly enjoyed uh, The Conjuring. Would I be in a rush to go and watch it again? No, I don't feel like with horror films it's something you tend to watch on a regular basis. But for the first time ever... With a horror film and I've been able to follow the story, it actually had some substance. It wasn't just, oh, there's a clown, you know? Ben shaking his head, you re- you didn't like this film.
1: So the conjuring, which is based off a real the supposedly true stories of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, this is how true this film is. Yep, in reality the guy did stand up in court and go, I was possessed by the devil, and the court just went, No, you won't find a new argument. Uh, Look, I thought the setup was quite cool, to be fair. I was in for the first 20 minutes. I feel like, firstly, there were a few good scare scenes early on and then it just lost the fucking plot. Like, watching them run around trying to chase down the devil and then you have the woman who's possessing them and the final act I thought was a bit of a mess. When the far more interesting story is a flat biopic of this case like all the
0: stuff that's not what this film's trying to do yeah they could they could still do that now release like a documentary series of the of of this case but this is designed to be a horror film
1: yeah but i think there's a much more scary much more interesting film in there like
0: okay so are you a fan
1: no it's my least favorite film of the year so far it's the only (laughs) film i've active it's Normally, I do genuinely say this I could go to the cinema and enjoy pretty much anything. Yeah. I left this film in a foul mood. A really <laughs> foul mood. I just thought it was utter shit. Like, okay. the last act. Had you, had you
0: watched the first two? Had you watched yes. the first two?
1: And it's when no, it was good.
0: Really? The all first two are really good. Than the, other
1: ones. the first two. I act.
0: say all my mates, one mate. Um, but he said it was best. The for me first
1: all. two are actually really good horror films, and this film is definitely the weakest in the franchise. It's just like the finale, like the final act, like it was just so generic and uninteresting and uninspired and basic. like, ben,
0: like you've said, it's based on a true... I just hit my funny
1: bone. How? Um, I, I did the biggest italics funny. ever. It's not based on a true story. I wanted it to be more and based on the true it, no, story. But
0: it is based on a true story. And if that's what happened, that's what happened. Those they bits
1: can't... didn't happen. The bits I liked were the bits that were actually based on the true story. That's why this film really frustrated me. Because, like, the first half an hour actually pretty much happened. And the first half an hour was good. And then it ditched the true story and just decided to be a generic horror film. And whereas the original act was, if it kept with the true story, we would have had a much more interesting film.
0: Oh, okay i mean strong statement i thoroughly enjoyed it um but it's in cinemas now i'd say go watch it if you want to watch something at the film ben uh want to watch the films ben would uh, disagree with me on that one and ben is the critic here i am the guy that just chats a bunch of shit it seems okay big news for sci-fi fans Um, This one is always controversial whenever this happens. But Jodie is leaving her role as the Doctor in Doctor Who. Um, So Ben and I, we're going to talk about who we think should replace her. Now, I love, I think she's done a great job. However, I love a bloke being the Doctor, right? Uh, But Ben will disagree with me on that. But we've uh, each chosen a couple of people that we think would make great doctors so Ben who have you gone for first
1: okay so we've had the first female doctor um I've went for the first non-binary doctor ever I've went for the comedian Mae Martin who um if andor Charlotte Ritchie I'm just gonna put that out there the two leads of the amazing Netflix show feel good uh Mae Martin the stand-up comedian she's blonde you would have seen her I think why I love her basically I think she's really funny and I think the Doctor works funny, but if you've seen,
0: but see, I disagree with you on that, mate. Sorry but if you see, talk. but think if think you've seen, feel good. I, I don't think it should be. I think so that's no, but she's.
1: I mean, what it needs is the Doctor's a quirky character. Like I think yes. Mae Martin would be a Matt Smith, David Tennant level of quirk. I love it. But, I
0: love David Tennant. But Matt my Smith. other, I think the Doctor works best when the Doctor's a bit awkward, a bit social. Yeah, awkward. yeah,
1: and Mae Martin is awkward and socially inept and she's a stand-up comedian she's from a stand-up background but if you've seen feel good she the doctor is a darkness and she is really good at that darkness um like just feel good was based on her own personal traumas it's one of the best shows of the last few years she would nail the darkness that the doctor needs to go out of the park um but at the same time being that awkward socially slightly inept character because I think it's a, just a natural extension of her. She created well my Also, they need a showrunner. Why not have her write the thing as well? It could be really interesting.
0: However, I feel like that may be too much. And I don't like it when it's someone who's working behind the scenes comes in front of the camera. I think it just gets a bit too much. And well, I feel she like, wrote and directed. If you, did that, in, if you did that, right, it's in danger of becoming the Mae Martin show.
1: Yeah, she has... Yeah, she, but she's already wrote The May Martin Show. Like, she's a very talented... Oh, is there a
0: show called The May Martin Show? No, it's
1: called Feel Good, but it's, but her, her, she plays May Martin in it. So, so like...
0: Fair, fair enough. Okay, Ben, my first pick. This is a really popular pick with critics.
1: We'll and have I not
0: seen any of... Um, oh, I'm going to kick myself, Ben. What is it called? I'm terrible with names.
1: It's a sin...
0: There we go. It it is too for me forgetting the name. See, I'm so bad with names, right? Like, quick story, side story. I was at a party the other night and um, completely forgot the name of this girl I was chirping and called her the wrong name. That is how bad with names I am. Did
1: she introduce the show while? No, did she introduce her name while you were talking to her in that conversation? Because I've done that when you start talking to someone and then you forget their name midway through. Or did you just, or should you have known her name from before? Like last time?
0: She told me her name. About an hour later, I went and got her a drink and said, There you go. And said this other girl's name. Um, But I also gave a surname as well. (laughs) I was like, There you go, Ben Heath. (laughs) I don't know why I did that anyway. She was like, That's not my name. I was like, Okay, this is this other girl I was (laughs) talking to then.
1: That was like okay. That hour, the flatbed oh, no, so
0: I was still successful. I was still successful.
1: Whoa, that is impressive.
0: Isn't, that is impressive, isn't it?
1: That is impressive skills. Anyway.
0: Anyway, uh, yeah, okay. To be fair, I've my dad's got sin, my mum's first date on this there. guy was so good, so good in it's a sin, um, and his emotion incredible. So I think it would be. Uh, great as the Doctor. I've seen him in interviews. He's a funny guy, but also he could definitely do that serious element of Doctor Who. Uh, I'm on about Ollie Alexander of Years and Years. He'd be a great choice. I know he is one of the favourites. I know it is a basic choice. My other choice isn't so basic, but Ben, what, what do we think of Ollie Alexander as the Doctor?
1: So I think he's a good actor, but I yeah. w- when I was looking through these, he was like the third person in the Years and Years cast I would give it to. Like I, I'd be slightly nervous because he's only had one role before, or like one, and you know I don't think. But he's
0: also this thing. He's big amongst the young audience, so I feel like it would get more people back into or into Doctor Who.
1: Yeah, but it has a fan base, and it will naturally generate a fan base. And like, I think also, would it be a pay cut for him? Like that's what you have to think about with the.
0: It probably would be.
1: Like, I would be much more interested in seeing Lydia West or Callum Scott House, who were both excellent in It's a Sin, who I think both have more of the Doctor's qualities in their acting ability. And I also think both are more versatile actors than Ollie Alex. Like, my I mean, worry to is... To be fair,
0: he's only done It's a Sin, so I don't think it's necessarily... Yeah, and my worry
1: character. is I don't yeah. trust that he's a versatile actor enough. Like yeah, You haven't from, got a load of confidence. Yeah, from what I've seen him do... He's not an actor who screams. He, he. It feels like he had the right part for him. Yeah. Instead of him being insane. Whereas Lydia West and Callum Scott Howes, who were in it, I feel like could um, are more versatile. Particularly Lydia West. She's brilliant. Your second stars. choice, though. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, haven't done your second choice. Can we? Okay. Or do you mind? I have went for someone who is a... They've actually been in Doctor Who. Um, they were in the Christmas episode a few years ago because I was Googling what they've done. But um, there is an excellent romantic comedy on BBC iPlayer called Starstruck, which is basically Notting Hill just reversed. And in it, you have Nikesh Patel, who plays this literally uh, like Hugh Grant style, massive, massive actor. And in that role, he's kind. he's very funny. He's very dark. Um, I think it would be really cool to have a Southeast Asian actor play the Doctor. Um, I'm all in for more Southeast Asian actors getting big roles. Everything I, I've seen, I, Patel I, in, I everything I've seen, Nakesh Patelin, I think he is just so good. He's like from, he mainly does rom coms, but you know, I think he has that charmingness. Because my main thing about the Doctor, like, I, literally, this is my viewpoint on the character. I don't care if they're man, woman, what colour, they're an alien fundamentally. I would get fucking pissed off if they weren't British. And Yeah,
0: okay, I'd agree with that. I'm and you've pers- went for it, so
1: you've went for an American for your second choice. But um and I think Nikesh Patel does that Hugh Grant thing of the slightly awkward brit who's really cool and charming and funny.
0: So <laughs> I kind of have shot myself in the foot. I would <laughs> love them to be British, right? I really would. But then we're getting
1: racist. No, we're not. It's like... It may be slightly xenophobic, but no, I don't think so, because I think the difference is, yeah, like, here's the thing. I think that Americans are very American. And also like it's it's one of those things i think when you have a character who is so embedded in british culture but not american culture yeah like the doctor is yeah. the same with james bond in my opinion as well like that character means a lot to most british people but means fuck all to most americans so okay. why would you give the opportunity to an american who literally would not get the get it like it just seems like a recipe for disaster
0: Okay, but do you think that my second choice is a good actor?
1: Oh, I think your second choice is a amazing actor. I think you would never do it, for one.
0: <laughs> it is, no, this is a bit of a wild card, not going to happen. I, I didn't say it was reasonable. But a British thing aside, um, and I didn't mean racist, I didn't mean xenophobic, that's just my uh, terrible vocabulary, um, I... Do you think he'd be good? I'm on about Adam Driver. Adam Driver is my choice. Do you think he has the acting skill set? Because I certainly do.
1: Well, two-time Oscar-nominated Adam Driver, who I think is one of the most versatile actors working, I do think he's actually probably the best, on a technical note, British actor going. Um, No, not British actor, just in general, going. Um, I think everyone wants to work with him. He's the it guy of Hollywood. I think he's unreal skilled, but um, do I think he would ever take the role of the doctor? Like when people suggest like Phoebe Waller-Bridge or Olivia Coleman, like there is no fucking chance they're doing it. Like, (laughs) why would you even contemplate?
0: Okay. I know, I knew, I knew it was an outlier choice. I just personally think it'd be good, but I do agree with you on the British thing. One other name that has just sprung to mind, someone who I think would be really good, Tom Felton.
1: Yes, and he might do it because, you know, he would be a duck. I, I feel like, just because he's only ever played bad guys, I feel like he would just naturally be dark. Uh, Charlotte Ritchie as well.
0: He played a good guy in Flash.
1: Yeah. Uh, the other person I would be interested in is Charlotte Ritchie from Ghosts and Fresh Meat and Feel Good. I think she's a charming, brilliant, funny actress who I could just watch do Taskmaster all day long, so...
0: Well, listeners, please, Ben Heath, what I want at gmail.com. Uh, I'll take you film on Twitter. Let us know who you think should be the next doctor, whether it's British or American or somebody else. To me, it matters not if they're good enough for the job. However, preferably a British person alright thank you so much for checking us out please do give us a thumbs up give us a 5 star leave us a, a review check we out will the probably
1: Oti- read the review out on air because we'll be shocked it happens But
0: hey it's happened
1: it has happened and we got 5 it stars
0: <laughs> yeah I know very nice um, check out the Ottie Film website and get following us on all social media. We will catch you next time. Ben, as ever, it has been an absolute pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye.
1: Bye.